Aloha and welcome. As most of you know who listened to last week's episode, I am out of town this week and I wanted to share one of my episodes that has been downloaded and listened to the most and I think it's really truly a testament to what's going on in the world today, uh, especially with people and their spirituality. Um, so thank you so much. This is LDS Real People Real Lives Podcast and I am your host Stephanie Colvin. I appreciate your patience, your love, and support. And coming up next will be uh, the episode on conversion, part one. And um, it's a very touching story. It's a story that I share and interview my husband, Jed Colvin, and his story of conversion and how he came to know the truth, the light, and welcome the Savior Jesus Christ into his life. And um, follow the pattern repent, become baptized, receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, and live his life for his Savior, Jesus Christ. So I hope that this is a um, episode, because it is listened to so much, that um, will be a great reminder, because we need reminders all the time. I know I do. And um, that the Spirit will be able to touch your mind and heart in the way that you need to hear it the most. So thanks again for joining us. And if you're new, welcome. Hey, Bebs. Hey, Bebs. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing good. It's so nice to have you on the podcast. Thanks. I really appreciate you coming on. And uh, I was, uh, I'm grateful to be here. Thanks for having me. I love having you here, Bebs. Okay, so my husband, Judd Colvin, he is uh, going to share a little story with you guys. And this is all about his conversion. So, Jed, tell me a little bit about yourself growing up, your young adult life, whatever you'd like to share. Who was Jed Colvin before he found the gospel of Jesus Christ as found in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints? Okay, well, um, you know, growing up, I was, I was born and raised in a town called Saugus, which is inside the Santa Clarita Valley about... Uh, 30 miles north of Los Angeles. Um, I remember having a really stressful childhood, but super blessed at the same time. Stressed because I had some mental challenges that uh, that hadn't been diagnosed, and I didn't know exactly what I was dealing with, nor did my nor did my parents. So uh, I kind of struggled. Um, my parents always called me the worry wart because I, I was always worried and stressed about something. Um, but like I said, with that, I also had a very blessed childhood, very loving and caring parents that took great care of me, and they were heavily involved in all aspects of my life. I mean, I remember just, just kind of feeling that I was doted on by my parents, by my grandparents. I mean, they made me feel really special and that's a nice feeling to have when you're when you're growing up, when you're so young. You know, I didn't really have any early religious education. I remember going to an Episcopalian church every so often, but you know, we didn't talk about the gospel in the family. Um, it wasn't a real focus in our life, and and uh, <clears throat> and we stopped going to church. Um, I think. 
for some reason, my parents didn't like about uh, something that was going on within the church. I don't remember exactly. But for us growing up, our focus was school and sports. And that's, that's what I remember the most is I, I loved playing sports. Um, that's what I really cherished kind of growing up is that I was a, I was a good athlete and everything that I participated in. Um, and I did really well in all the sports that I was in and, and it made me feel accomplished for my sports endeavors. And then my, my parents and grandparents enjoyed watching me, uh, participate in sports. So, um, my parents were always helping me with school. Of course, school was important. Um, but I always wanted to, uh, I always wanted to train or work out in whatever I was doing at that time. So even to this day, um, I, my, my passion is living the gospel and working out. Heck yeah. <laughs> um, well, let me continue. So at age 14, I started training and racing in triathlons, which is swimming, biking, and running. My parents were runners, so they got me into running very young. And then I used to be on a swim team, so I just had to kind of add cycling in there, which I took up really, really quickly and easily. And I always enjoyed the endorphin rush from endurance sports. That's, I loved pushing myself physically. Um, By age 19, I had made the US Junior National Triathlon team and spent uh, multiple trips at the Olympic Training Center in Colorado Springs, training for the 1995 Olympic Distance World Triathlon Championships. So that was cool. Um, After racing in the World Championships, I continued to train and race. Raced as a professional for a few years while I was going to college at California Lutheran University in Southern California while studying political science. Um, So eventually I knew I couldn't make a career out of triathlon racing and I didn't really have an interest in going to law school like my dad. So my parents encouraged me to go in the direction of being a teacher, a history teacher. So teaching runs in the family. We've got lots of teachers in our family. My grandmother, my mother, my sister were all teachers. My cousin is a teacher and even found out that I have a lot of teachers in the family from generations ago while we were uh, doing some family history work. That was really cool. Yeah, from my side of the family. So I come from a family of teachers. Um, Plus my parents knew that I would like the schedule. I knew with the with the school schedule that I would have some, some good time off and I would have time to enjoy my athletic pursuits. And I remember the most as a child, my dad, um, you know, worked a a lot and uh, my mom was always on the school schedule and my dad was always jealous when my mom had the summer off and we would visit my grandparents, um, in New Hampshire. And, uh, and I always remembered that as a kid that he was always jealous of my mom's schedule. Well, yeah, because he was stuck at home still working. Yeah. And you guys got to take off and go and have some fun. Exactly. So, um, 
I started teaching in my early 20s, got my first job when I was 22, about to turn 23. And I've been at the same school since. Uh, just finished up 21 years of teaching social science at, uh, at the high school where I began um, in Southern California. Um, when I was younger, I, I always had a friend growing up who was, who was LDS and we actually raced triathlons together. We would train and race from ages like 14 to 18 years old before he went on his mission. Um, and I always remember him being a really good kid and a really good role model. We never talked about faith. We never talked about the church. I went to church with him once. Um, but we never talked about religion or anything, anything like that. Um, but we do now. Um, he's, he's still a good friend of mine that lives in Utah. And surprisingly, I knew lots of kids that were LDS when I was in high school that I uh, trained with, especially on cross country and track teams that I didn't, didn't know until much later on. Uh, in life, learning basically from uh, from my friend Wayne, my original friend. Um, but anyways, I, uh, I stopped doing triathlons when I started teaching and started to focus on my surfing and lifting weights. So um, I was a little bit thinner being an endurance athlete, so I wanted to put a little bit of muscle on. Uh, I've always needed a physical outlet because I just, I really do enjoy pushing myself physically, not so much mentally. I say not mentally because um, at about age 26, I was finally diagnosed as having severe uh, obsessive compulsive disorder, uh, BDD, and anxiety. Um, because of these challenges, uh, I kind of enjoyed and immersed myself in physical activities to keep my mind busy. You know, my mental issues have always been a source of drive for me because OCD is a taskmaster, um, but also a source of, of real suffering. So I have my own bitter cup, you know, as we like to say in the church. When I met you, Stephanie, I was coming out of a dark time in my life, just coming out of a real severe depression due to a massive trial in my life. And without going into the details, um, let's just say mental illness hasn't always been understood or empathized with, and still has a long way to go today. Um, but I can look back at even those times of struggle and despair and see God's loving hand in my life. See, that's what I really enjoy about your story, is that you always seem to be able to identify Heavenly Father's hand in your life, which I think it also talks about that in your patriarchal blessing, that His hand has been over your life through the good times and the dark times. You know, that that patriarchal blessing truly is a real liahona um, for us, and that that's a that was a real game changer getting my patriarchal blessing and hearing what heavenly father you know thinks of me and, and my savior what they think of me and and uh really personalizing it right making it's it about very, you very personal 
So, Jed, I, you know, I've always enjoyed your story. Your background is so different than mine. Um, tell me what brought you into the gospel, maybe how you found the gospel, and share some of that story with us, please. Okay. You know, I, I always enjoy, I guess, sharing my testimony. I, I've enjoyed being a, a ward missionary with you for several years now. Well, we've had other callings, but uh, I, I enjoy the ward missionary, missionary calling. But anyways, before I met you, babe, um, my dad had kind of had a spiritual awakening. Uh, found Christ, um, and uh, um, he originally gave me a book called Meet the Bible, uh, basically kind of for beginners, of people that had never really studied the Bible before, and it was a good intro for me. Uh, I would read read parts of the book, and it, uh, you know, I had, uh, had ideas for different scriptures, and, and it was really... Uh, supported by lots of love and encouragement from my dad. But not until I met you, Steph, did I really have any spiritual talks with anybody. So I didn't I didn't necessarily feel anything while I was reading that book. Yeah. Um but I met you in August of 2011. And I remember not long after we met, we would start to have some spiritual conversations. We would discuss prayer a little bit, God, Christ, uh, the Spirit, and how the Spirit works in our lives. Um, things that I didn't have any real knowledge about. Like this was my, this was my pure introduction to spirituality at this, you know, older age. Um, although you were not in the gospel at the time and not engaged in the gospel. You definitely were a believer. Um, I didn't know you were part, you were raised in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. But I, but I eventually found out that you always knew the church with tr- was true. Yep. You just, you know, you were living life on your own terms a little bit. Yep. Um, but to continue... Um, you would all you would share that side of you with me, and I just remember when we would talk. It just you know you were well spoken, well well versed in in just I don't know things things of a spiritual nature um, that you you don't learn from necessarily reading books. It was just it was the spirit you know, that, that I could feel. And I didn't, I didn't know what that was at the time, but, but I definitely felt the spirit when we would have those talks. Um, but you never said that you were Mormon as, as the world likes to call Latter-day Saints. Um, but we would go to your parents' home to visit for holidays. Um, and I, I remember I would ask your parents if I could, you know, check out some of the books that your dad had, um, on the church and on religion. And then we would go to an LDS bookstore in Fresno and pick up some books there. And then of course, my favorite um, is when I got to read the Ensign magazine. And uh, I loved, I loved the Ensign. The Ensign was delivered to our home because your mom got us a subscription for a year. 
So that was definitely inspired for, for her to do that for, for us. Yep. So I would read some of the different books, the inside, I would take notes, keep a journal of things that stuck out to me as being important. Um, I wasn't really reading scriptures, although there are scriptures in the inside. But the thing I remember the most out of all my reading or studying or pondering was how I felt when I was reading these things and thinking about these things and writing these things down in my journal. They felt true and correct. It just felt right. It felt really good. And I hadn't experienced anything really like that before. Um, and that's what I remember the, the most. I could just feel it within my body, just the correctness of everything that I was reading. And finally, uh, one holiday when we were at your parents' house, I had a real, really cool, memorable spiritual experience that I always like to share because it's, it's not something that I have really had since. Um, so it makes me aware that, you know, it was a, it was a special moment, but anyways, I was, I was sitting at the table reading, reading my different books from your dad and from the LDS bookstore and the Ensign. I was taking my notes in the notebook. I was being very diligent, I guess, in my study and in my journaling. And as I was doing that, I suddenly felt this warmth come over my body, kind of like a, like a nice warm blanket that had been wrapped around my body. And I felt a burning in my bosom, which, you know, is the chest. You know, when Joseph Smith talks about when he sees Moroni and he can see his his bosom, you know, he's talking of his, of his chest, but I had that burning in my bosom, which I haven't felt really since. Um, and then I very clearly heard the words spoken in my mind, your home. Um, and it was so familiar feeling. Uh, it wasn't shocking or foreign. It was exactly what I needed to hear and to feel to know that I was in the exact right spot with the right woman. I was with the right family. I was in the right direction, leading me to Heavenly Father's gospel. Um, and, and, and in talking to your dad the other night, I was talking about this experience that I had. And your dad being very heavily involved in the gospel, working at the temple and mentioned that, you know, that experience is, is, is rare, you know, you, you, you know, to, to really feel that, that warmth and, and that burning of the bosom and to receive, uh, the words I heard is, you know, I, I haven't had an experience like I've had other wonderful spiritual experiences, but nothing is nothing like that. Um, so with that, with that really cool spiritual experience that I had, um, now uh, it was at the point where your older brother had sent missionaries our way 
Um, and we began uh, taking the discussions in the summer of 2013, towards the end of the summer, right? Yep. Um, so every summer I had time, which was great, you know, with school being out, I had time to read and study the gospel and uh, within the books that kind of resonated with me. Um, we had some rock star missionaries. They truly were the sister missionaries uh, for me that Heavenly Father picked out for me. Uh, and we had them for months straight. Even though transfers, transfer days came and went, they never left. Father had kept them in Ventura for me, knowing that I needed both of them to complete my conversion experience. At one point, uh, one of our missionaries, Sister Bennett, a, a fiery redhead, um, told me that if I wanted to be baptized, uh, that we had to uh, get married, which I was ready to do. Everything felt normal and natural to me. I know you had uh, some, uh, you know, little worries and concerns about it. Um, having been married twice right. before. Uh, but I, I, was, I was on board. I was ready. <clears throat> so um, I don't remember everything that we talked about during the, dis the discussions, but we did spend a lot of time reading and talking, and I read quite a bit. Um, but what I remember the most, once again, was how I felt. Like when the missionaries would come over, I would be on a spiritual high for days. Just thinking, I, I can't wait till they come over next because I don't, I don't know, I don't understand what this is that I'm feeling, but man, it feels so good. And I, and I constantly wanted that. So I always looked forward to, to them coming back and, you know, whatever we were going to talk about next. But like I said, I don't, I couldn't even tell you everything that we talked about. I just, I just remember the feeling. Um, so Sister Bennett asked us to pray about getting married. And so I remember you did it on your own. Um, and when Sister Bennett came back with uh, Sister... Uh, Burwell. Burwell, that's right. <clears throat> um... They said that uh, you're going to get married in October. And I remember you said, you know what? I, I said a prayer about it too. And that's the answer that I also received. And of course, you know, I was, I was definitely ready. Um, so we knew it was October. So we were married on, a, on kind of a whirlwind weekend. On Friday, October 18th, I we were married. Um, I was baptized on Saturday, October 19th, and then confirmed a member of the church and given the gift of the Holy Ghost on Sunday, October 20th, all in 2013. We did that quickly. We did. Very quickly. And it was our whirlwind weekend. Um, and then right after that, we did have several difficult months. Yes. Um, because there must be opposition in all things and the and, good and the... And the, ad the adversary really, really hammered down on me. I, I remember both of us. Um, and of course, that was nothing that, you know, anybody had really told me about that when you're 
making steps in the right direction, especially when you're looking into uh, Christ's true church, um, that the adversary is really going to step up his game. And he did for a few months, but we battled through. Yeah, it was okay because it gave us our opportunities to exercise our faith, to sharpen our faith, to hone our faith, and, and to learn how to use it in our lives, yeah. offense and defense. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, but we know that our lives have been tremendously and also miraculously blessed since we made the decision to go all in. However, we also have come to know that by being taught truth and light comes a lot of responsibility. Tell us how you have stepped up to the plate, so to speak, as your life has changed, being so very blessed. But now, because of the wonderful truth, you have responsibilities to God and Christ. You know, just share that with us and and, and explain it to us a little bit. Okay. You know, um... I think I feel like I'm able to notice subtle blessings pretty well in my life. And since meeting you and and joining the church, I feel like there's been an abundance of Heavenly Father's guidance and loving care. Um, And I I know, I can't remember where it says in Messiah, but um, but it does talk about how when you've, you know, made these correct choices and, and joined Christ's church. Yep. You know, you do get kind of like an, an abundance maybe of of Heavenly Father in Christ. You know, mm-hmm. a little bit more awareness than maybe, you know. Right. Um, well, you're focused and you're thinking and you're living differently. Right, right. Because that conversion, is it changed you. Exactly. Um but I've, I've also felt the responsibility of the truths that I've been taught. Uh, I, I'm grateful for this knowledge. Um, you know, however, understanding the responsibility of acting on the promptings of the Spirit and, uh, you know, showing reverence to Heavenly Father and, and Christ. Uh, holding the priesthood of God um, is... Uh, is something I take very seriously. Um, and, and I know my Father in Heaven and, and my Savior require me to live a particular way, which is different from the world. And, and I take that very seriously. Just growing up, I, I always wanted to make my parents proud and be a good kid. Um, and I still wanna, I wanna be a good kid for, for Heavenly Father in Christ as well. I'm working on having a willing heart in serving the Lord and overcoming my insecurities when I'm called upon. Uh, Definitely not perfect in the gospel, uh, but I do try very hard. And I know that's all the Lord wants from me. I I was, uh, I'm I'm admonished in my patriarchal blessing to, uh, to not get so hard on myself for not doing things perfectly and to know that my savior is there to pick me up and bless me when I have lapses. So that's, that's very helpful for me to remember that and read that. <clears throat> um, so I just do the best I can to, to Father and Christ and my family and, and others, depending on my callings. I, I try to say yes when they need me in the church. So far, I've, 
always said yes. Yep. Um, I do have a, a sincere desire to serve the Lord, but sometimes it can be tough with my OCD demanding of me to do something else. My OCD is a real taskmaster and can be very, very powerful. Um, I work daily at my faith and you, babe, are a wonderful support to me and good at reminding me about my faith and how to use it in my life. That's what I'm always trying to work on is to, you know, put that faith to work. My life hasn't necessarily gotten easier, but it's been tremendously blessed in so many different ways. Yet I still have experiences and tough times which allow me to put that faith into action and unite with you, my wife, so we can always kind of push through together. So unity with you, my wife, is a huge part of my success. Um, I genuinely, like I said, I genuinely want to make Father and Christ happy with me. And that's, that's a focus that I have daily. I do too. And, uh, you know, our unity is definitely two ways. I, I work very hard at being unified with you as well. And we take the our covenant that we made together in the temple very seriously. But we're not perfect. We make a lot of mistakes. And we do live by the code of repentance that helps us to yes. fall and do stupid mistakes and start again. Yes. So tell me, Judd, how do you stay all in? Like, what keeps you going faithful? loyal to Heavenly Father and, and your Savior, Jesus Christ. Okay, so like I've already said, like I've already said, as a kid, the thing that I liked doing the most was making my parents proud of me. And that's what I want to do every day with Heavenly Father and the Savior. I want them to be proud of me. Um, so it's, it's the blessings and the challenges that keep me all in. Like I can see better now all the blessings that are showered upon me and my family. Um, and it keeps me excited to, to, to stay on that covenant path and see what my life's going to turn out to be like in the future. I mean, Heavenly Father and Christ have such a, such a better imagination than I do. And you've always taught me that. Um, but, uh, you know, my heart, my soul, my being has made the choice of who I follow and trust. And that's, that's God and Christ's gospel as found in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And quite simply, I know I'm in the right place. Beautiful, Bibbs. I really appreciate you sharing your story with us. And you did an awesome job. Thanks, babe. So welcome to LDS Real People, Real Lives. It's a, it was a little nerve-wracking, but uh, I'm glad <laughs> we I was able to help out. I love you. Love you, too. sweet husband i always appreciate him sharing his faith um you guys thanks again for joining us this week and i hope that the episode's been able to help you in some way as we share who we are our faith our testimony and our struggles but also the moments that we have in our life that show us uh, god's hand and uh, the joys and the happiness that we experience as well until next week god bless and much love remember to stay safe healthy and most importantly faithful and please 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 remember to be kind for everyone you meet is fighting a hard battle god bless and much love